every single Friday, we post the Cliff Notes version of the previous episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. So right now, you're listening to the condensed version of episode 126, Managing Gen Z Employees. If you want to hear the full conversation, navigate back to the previous episode and push play. What's it take to enroll them into the mission um, of the company? That's what we ought to aim. Instead of saying what's wrong with Gen Z and if they would just be like us, our life would be easier. Yeah, duh, everything. That, that conversation's easy one to have. Um, and it, but it's not, it's not the one a leader's having. A leader's saying, how do I break through? How do I make a difference with? The most asked for topic in that group of 18 founders in my area was how do we work with Gen Z? A lot of similar complaints when it comes to people. And it's a very socially acceptable complaint. Yes. Um, and very like gets you a nice long head nod um, from somebody else or a whole big story, a whole big long story about, oh, let me tell you how hard it is for me. Um, you know, a complimentary complaint, if you will. Uh, when somebody's saying it's hard to find good people these days, they're like, oh yeah, let me tell you about this interview I had last week. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll perk our ears up. If, if we're leading, if we want to lead our way through, let's just call it complexity with how to engage the mindset and the socially acceptable terms of the Gen Z generation right now. I was reading an article the other day about the Gen Z and that they, uh, they absorb information quickly and they cut to the quick, quickly. And they're willing yeah. to call things out quickly. Um, they also yeah, yeah. are, you know, if you're going to attract them, if you're going to connect with them, you better have a sense of a global impact because mm -hmm. they, they, they're they very sensitive to, you know, what they're doing here and how it affects the rest of the people on the planet. Mm, so the big, yeah. big vision and they're niche oriented. They want, they have very interested, you know, they're interested in the niches they're in and how those niches influence culture. I know there are things that we settle for, and definitely in corporate culture, less so in entrepreneurial culture, like the people that we like to talk to. But in corporate culture, being gray is being gray, being unclear is actually very social, socially acceptable. Ambiguous. And being, yeah. being ambiguous, right? And covering your ass and not putting people's names on things and not being direct. And all that is very socially acceptable. So it makes sense why a Gen Zer gets in a conversation and isn't satisfied with the level of distinction. They want their voice heard. And I think, you know, when you get alongside somebody and you get in the field and you're, you're doing something together and they, they recognize your competency, well then, okay, they're, you're going to find somebody who's going to be much more up for it. A lot of what's being interpreted as entitlement is really this generation just saying, can we just focus on the results yeah. Like, can we just make the results happen? It doesn't, it doesn't matter if I'm in the office. It doesn't matter if I'm want, you know, starting work at 10 and ending at three. It doesn't matter if I have the yoga retreat, as long as the results are there. Can we just focus on that? They don't give a shit. They're cool. Whatever that person's doing, that's fine. As long as they get out of my way, or as long as they're not too much dabbling, you know, with what I'm up to. And so anyway, vetting out that conversation about what they expect from leadership. And you better believe that there's grumblings among Gen Z about everybody else as well, about what it's like <laughs> to try to enter the workforce. And they don't come in as a blank slate either. But the, the way that I talk about it is I call it PVI, personal vested interest. That's a, that's a, 
an acronym that I use with my clients because when my clients come and they start complaining about somebody that works for them, I, I, the first question I ask them, and we've already established what all this is and, you know, with the power of it, I'd say, what are their, what's their PVI? And if they can tell me clearly what the PVI is, then we have a place to start, right? Because they're clear on what that person's personal vested interest, why are they there? And what do they expect? How do they expect the mission of the company to contribute to their PVI? As they mature and as they take leadership, we're going to see a new, some really, I think, transformational expressions of what it means to do business and what it means to live in a community. Because I think the crisis is the crisis that we're facing, the crises that we're facing are going to be inherited by this generation. We've got something to learn from this generation, mm-hmm. which is they want to live right now. And they're, they're not willing to be as compartmentalized as previous generations have been, where it's like, here's my work and here's my life. And I'll just let work be work and I'll get the best I can of the minimum time I have in this thing called life. And otherwise I'll just go, you know, do some work over here. And they're, th- they're looking about how to integrate it all now. So. Yeah. You know, we, you know, so if you champion the, that, that value, if, it, if you champion it and don't judge it and listen to it and integrate it, it actually has something to teach the rest of the organization. Yeah. And, and then it'll be possible to pass the wisdom of the ages right on onto the generation because otherwise they're going to reject things that they're going to have to relearn because right. we didn't care enough to connect. <laughs>